Six Foot Plus, a program of spooky music and more, brought to you by Gravedigger's Local 16. Broadcasting from a secluded corner of the front office, found online at sixfootplus.com.
Welcome to another episode of Six Foot Plus, the podcast of spooky music and more. I'm your contact person, your moon-raking, sky-falling ghoul with the golden gun, Strange Jason. When it's blistering hot out, what better way to get cool than by going undercover? Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to listen to this episode of Six Foot Plus. This show will self-destruct in about... 70 minutes, give or take. Yes, make sure your pen camera is loaded with microfilm, that your date isn't working for the Soviets, and that your martini is shaken, not stirred. It's the spy episode, and Brother Cleve and his lush orchestra open the show with shaken, not stirred. I need to go infiltrate the coffee machine in the break room. While I do that, you get yourself knee-deep into some Spy Five with the Cocktail Preachers.
for lovers of horror to come together and celebrate the importance of fear in film, art, literature, comics, and history, Monster Island Resort is the perfect online audio vacation spot. And now you too can do the Transylvania twist with a new segment of monster music hosted by Strange Jason of the great Six Foot Plus and Gravedigger's Local 16. If you love classic monsters, kaiju, science gone wrong, slashers, and more, then join your host, Miguel Rodriguez, on Monster Island Resort, the online radio show that goes bump in the night. Listen on monsterislandresort.org, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.
The Spy Satellite by the Space Cossacks. Why does exotica and surf music lend itself so well to the world of espionage? I couldn't tell you. Maybe because both became fashionable in the 70s? Or that a lot of signature noir, pulp, spy, and crime songs are instrumentals that are highly adaptable to the surf and exotica culture? I pose these questions to you, dear listener, and if you have the answer, or if you want to speculate, head on over to the Six Foot Plus Facebook page and leave your answer. Facebook.com slash Six Foot Plus. They're on tour now, so go out and see them. Here's Dai Kaiju with The Dai Kaiju Who Loved Me.
Is your sense of style dead? Bring it back to life with the twin power of VoodooSugar.com and VoodooPin.com. Stickers, bags, pins, tees, magnets, and more. High quality, low prices. That's two for one. VoodooSugar.com and VoodooPin.com. Cool swag for the living and the living dead. Thunderball. They have a lot of spy-related songs, but it's a bit of nostalgia as they all deal with the Russians as the Soviets. Anna Chapman showed us that yes, the Russians are still spying on us and it's very likely that we're spying on them and that every country is spying on each other. It's paranoia and nobody's safe. Certainly you're not because you just handed your briefcase full of documents over to the Monster Mat Minute. Morning Maniacs! <laughs> yes, that's right, it is I, Orphine, yours truly, Monster Map Patterson and uh, Maniacs. It's no secret, I'm no agent. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, yeah, Maniacs, here we go. Be prepared. Uh, what Bella Lugosi film has a hairy scientist fighting television spies like Napoleon Solo? The Ape Man from Uncle. <laughs> oh! Oof. Okay. Uh, what James Bond character lurks around the Egyptian pyramids? Miss Mummy Penny. <laughs> I'm double o o o o o o o o seven. His uh, related cousin of James Bond. Yes, it's true. You dum dums. Uh. <laughs> What is the Wolfman's favorite James Bond film? Full Moonraker. <laughs> Speaking of old Wolfie, that flea-bitten cretin. What film stars Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, and werewolves? Spies liking us. Ooh, that was just dastardly. Okay, and uh, from Scotland, 
I've heard from counterintelligence that the Loch Ness Monster has been caught being involved in Nespionage. Anyone? 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 Why do I hear crickets? <laughs> maniacs, how dare you? Oh, Maniacs, you know I love you. And uh, until next time, Maniacs, this has been your fiend, your drooly, Monster Map Patterson. Bye-bye. <laughs> that was Monster Matt Patterson. You can get a copy of his book, Monster Matt's Bad Monster Jokes, Volume 1, from WestNet Books and at various online retailers such as Amazon and Barnes and & Noble.
Dream Queen, Rain Brown, and you're listening to Six Foot Plus. Enjoy. That was the song Bella Beretta from Lushy. Before that, Frankenstein's Calculator Club with Spy. Weird John was cool enough to discover the songs on this episode. He also clued me into the 2012 Tiki Oasis and its theme, exotic espionage and Polynesian pulp. Taking place August 16th through the 19th in San Diego, it features live bands, seminars, DJs, a marketplace, art shows, car shows, and burlesque. On hand for your entertainment, King Kukalele, The Barb Wires, The Love Me Nots, King Paris, The Devilettes, The Martini Kings, The Tikiyaki Orchestra, 
Molotov, Marina the Fire-Eating Mermaid, and much, much more. I definitely would check this out if I were you. If you were me, you'd be playing the Stereophonic Space Sound Unlimited song, Double Agent, right about now. I'm here to tell you about Monsters for Charity. As a nonprofit group of eight people involved in the horror genre, Monsters for Charity fund efforts through the sale of art, literature, film, and music, and you can help out. Buy or bid on special horror-related items, with all money going toward charitable efforts. For more information, go to facebook.com slash monstersforcharity. That's monsters, the number four, charity. And on Twitter, at Charity Monster. Or write to monstersforcharity at gmail.com.
Ursula 1000 with The Girl From Nowhere. And before that, International Espionage, The Spy Band, or Band of Spies, with Attention. If you have a band whose music you want to hear on Six Foot Plus, drop me a line, either on Facebook or by email, contact at sixfootplus.com. Hmm, it seems that my drink is ticking. I guess that means we have the middle morgue now. Up next, the good Dr. Gangreen speaks with Derek Koch of Mail Order Zombie and 1951 Down Place. It's a captivating interview, definitely one that peers into the origin of some of the most reputed horror podcasts that you can find today. I'm going to defuse my Mai Tai, and while I'm doing that, you enjoy The Metal Morgue. This is The Metal Morgue, dissecting the best and worst horror movies and music that rock with your host, Dr. Game Green. All right, Fright fans, Dr. Gang Green here. I have Derek Cook, better known as Brother D, the host of Mail Order Zombie and 1951 Downplace podcast. Derek, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. What's up, everybody? This is uh, the first time that we've had a chance to actually talk um, on the phone or we've we've communicated via email for a while. This is our first time to actually communicate, and it's it's great to get a chance to sit down and talk. Well, yeah, I'm, I've been looking forward to it all week, man. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Derek is the host of Mail Order Zombie. So now how long have you been doing that podcast? So we launched Mail Order Zombie in January of 2008. So I guess we've been coming up, uh, what is it, 2012 now? So, well, 185 regular episodes. Let me just say that because we did go on hiatus at the end of last year, but we've been going for a while. That's amazing. So what uh, made you decide, well, in case you can't, you guys can't figure it out, uh, of course, Mail Order Zombie is about everything zombie. Hey, what's up, gang? This is Brother D, and this is episode 187 of Mail Order Zombie. What is it about zombies that got you, uh, you know, interested in doing a podcast strictly zombie-esque? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts before launching MOZ, uh, Mail Order Zombie, and I'm the kind of guy that when I find something that I really enjoy, whether it's podcasting or, or horror literature or movies or, or music or whatever, if I get really into it, I want to start making my own. The thing is, though, is that there's a ton of horror podcasts out there. At least there were back then, and there's even more now. And I wanted to do something that I thought was kind of unique. And I love zombie movies because of Tom Savini and Romero and them. And there was only one other zombie movie podcast that I knew of at the time. So I thought, well, you know, that's not as big a pool to make a splash in. So maybe I can get in there and kind of start doing my own thing. And it's just kind of grown from there. Uh, I've been a fan of zombie stuff ever since uh, I discovered Scream Greats Volume 1, that Fangoria uh, videotape that talked about Tom Savini. Sometimes I feel like uh, an assassin. People call me. I load up my car with all my goodies and my little toolbox and things, and I go some strange state and I kill people. Uh, I'm a hard killer. 
people hire me to design and carry out gruesome deaths. And, you know, I just seeing what he had done with Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, and I just fell in love with special makeup effects and then specifically zombies because, well, zombies are cool, man. Yeah, they are. So did you have any podcasting experience before you started this? I had done some voicemail call-in type segments. Uh, and, oh, well, that might even be saying <laughs> more than what they really were. I called into a bunch of podcasts, you know, Night of the Living podcasts. And, you know, years ago I did a couple things with like deadpit.com and things like that. But, you know, not really producing anything on a regular basis for another show. Right. And so did you find it uh, a challenge at first as far as uh, figuring out the equipment, figuring out the programs you want to use, the editing? Yeah, you know, and I was fortunate that, you know, the, the parts of the uh, horror potosphere that I found myself in, uh, the people involved, the producers involved, were very uh, forgiving and very giving in terms of their knowledge and their experience. Uh, mm -hmm. I. You know, every chance I get, I always tell people that if it wasn't for three specific podcasters or podcasts, I wouldn't have been able to get started. Uh, you know, Freddie over at Night of the Living Podcast, Andy at Destroy the Brain, and a guy by the name of F13 from the now defunct, unfortunately, Cinema Diabolica podcast gave me tons of advice, uh, recommended what software to use, what kind of equipment to get, hardware, just really helped get me going to where I am now. Yeah, very cool. And so were there any zombie movies in particular that sort of fueled you towards MOZ that you would say top couple uh, <laughs> inspirational? Of course, Night of Living Dead, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a Romero fan. I, You know, and I'll make excuses for some of his later work. You know, mm -hmm. there, there are little things here and there that I like in some of the more re his recent stuff. But in terms of, like, masterpieces, you got to think of the first three and maybe even first four dead films by Romero. So they're right there, you know, at the top of my list of, you know, all-time greats. I also like things like The Zombie Diaries. I absolutely love that movie. It originally stated that incidents in Asia were isolating cases. United Kingdom's preparation no for a pandemic threat. has been severely criticized in the press, with official figures grossly underestimating the spread of infection. This morning, they've completely sealed up the area. Shit. What they had to do it. There have been a lot of deaths. Deaths? <laughs> All the news bulletins, they're telling people to avoid London. Should I ask what you people are doing out here with that thing? We're making a documentary. Out in the woods at this time. Sounds like my kind of film. It's bleak and depressing in the best way possible. It's like a cannibal holocaust film, but zombies instead of, well, what happens in that film. Uh... You know, and I just love that kind of stuff. And you mentioned 1951 Down Place, my Hammer Films podcast. So I got to mention Plague of the Zombies, which is another one of my top five zombie films. This coach is bound for a terrifying destination. <laughs> No corpse can remain at peace in this village of the undead, this land of the zombies. In this place, no one is safe. No one can hide from witchcraft, superstition, and fear. And 1951 Down Plays, for people that haven't yet checked it out, you're missing out. You've got to do that. Uh, oh. I want you all to do that right as, as soon as this is over. You need to go to 1951downplace.com. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. 
and immediately start downloading and listening to this great podcast that's about all things Hammer Films. Mm-hmm. You're too kind, man. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. What Now, what was sort of the uh, inspiration? Was it Plague of the Zombies, or was it uh, just being a fan of Hammer in particular? You know, I, I've been a fan of Hammer for a long time, not nearly as long as, say, like the zombie stuff or horror movies and things like that. And, you know, I've told this story in, in various forms before. I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of horror movies growing up. I, I Just my parents were... My mother specifically was very religious, and, you know, if it was R-rated, it's obviously not something that I should be consuming at such a young age. But Uh when I became old enough to start watching movies on my own, you know, I had a driver's license so I could drive to the video store and open a video account of my own. So I started renting everything I can get my hands on. But before that, I had read a lot about the classic Universal stuff. And and I'll get to Hammer. I I know it's a roundabout story. But I had read about the classic Universal stuff, Frankenstein, Wolfman, things like that. I knew what those movies were. But my experience with classic horror films was limited to that because, well, you know, like the Crestwood House of, uh, you know, those books of Crest, put out by Crestwood House back in the 70s is what I had read all these about these movies. And I met a guy working at a video store who asked me about Hammer films because he knew I was into classic horror film. And, and unfortunately, I just didn't have a lot of experience with them. So he gave me a bunch of videotapes and said, watch these. And I, I sat down and did a marathon of all the Frankenstein and Dracula films like over the course of three nights. And I just <laughs> fell in love with these movies, and I've been a fan of Hammer ever since. This was back, like, in the mid-'90s. Uh, as far as launching a separate podcast devoted to Hammer, I felt like while a lot of horror podcasters give props to Hammer, you know, as they should, there sure. wasn't anybody who really focused directly on Hammer. And I really wanted to get into, like, the details and the behind-the-scenes and the making of and you know, that sort of thing. But I knew I couldn't do it by myself, so I talked to a couple of my friends, uh, Casey from the Bloody Good Horror podcast, and then my friend Scott, who does the news on Mail or Zombie, and also co-hosts a Disney podcast, of all things, <laughs> uh, joined me for this monthly foray into Hammer Films with 1951 Down Place. Describe some of the movies that Hammer has done that people may not be so familiar with, because everybody knows that Hammer does has done the uh, the horror movies, but they've got a lot more that they've done besides that. Yeah, and they're known for their horror stuff, and rightly so, because most of their horror stuff is phenomenal. And even things like the Satanic Rites of Dracula, which admittedly does have some problems, you're still going to find some things in it that you know stand out. I mean, anytime you put Peter Cushing in a movie, it's it's great. But okay, Ham- wait, a minute, wait a minute, we went 10 minutes before you mentioned Peter Cushing. <laughs> I told myself I was going to keep track of how long it was before you said the word Peter Cushing. It was 10 minutes and 10 seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> I got I got a mad on for Peter. I'm on Team Peter. All right. I got a mad on for Peter Cushing. Uh, you know, put him in a Hammer film. I'm, I'm, I'm solidly there. He's also done zombie films, you know, Shockwaves. A great German uh, Nazi zombie movie. Not a German film, but, you know, Nazis on it. He plays a German scientist in it. From beyond the dead, from beneath the living, from the depths of hell's ocean, everything they touch will die in the deep. Shockwaves. Uh, it's a great zombie film. You know, got Peter Cushing in the mix. He can't go wrong. In fact, the only thing that I wish Plague of the Zombies had uh, in it that it doesn't have is Peter Cushing, you know, because I just love, <laughs> I love the man's work. I, and, Andre Braille is fantastic in that movie. Oh, though. he really is. He really is. And I'm not taking anything away from anybody else in the movie, but the only thing it's missing <laughs> is a little Peter Cushing. <laughs> but yeah, as uh, far as camera films go, they've also done comedies, dramas, uh, you know, film noir. We recently did uh, the movie The Old Dark House on 1951 Down Place, which is a William Castle film starring Tom Poston, of all people. 
Are you interested in property? Desperately in need of somewhere to live or die? Then we have the very place for you. Fem Hall, they call this old dark house. Why don't you drop in? Sometime. Didn't end up on any of the host's top five list. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's an interesting experiment in seeing Hammer do other things other than just the straight up horror movies. Okay, so you've got the two podcasts going. What's in the future? What 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 else are you going to be doing? <laughs> See, I got to make sure Miss Bren's not listening because I'm taking on <laughs> another podcast right now. You know, All right. If, if no, I, I know you've got so I know you've got mad plans in the works. Yeah, you know, if I could, I would do more podcasts. I mean, I love my zombie stuff. I love my Hammer stuff, but I'm also a huge fan of like the B movies, you know, the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And I do now contribute semi-regularly to shows like the B movie cast. And if there was more time in the day, more resources, didn't have that pesky day job to worry about, I'd do something with B movies in the potosphere, things like that. But right now I'm focusing more on just getting some writing going. Uh, early- yeah. Earlier this year, I released a short story for Amazon Kindle called Granny in the Hole. Mm-hmm. And it's a zombie short story. Uh, sells for $1.29. It's also part of the Kindle Direct program, so you can check it out for free if you're an Amazon Prime member. Uh, later this year, it'll be available for other e-reader devices. And then I'm also working on some other zombie and non-zombie writing projects that'll be coming out hopefully later this year for Kindle and other e-reader devices. So, Derek, you've probably watched, what would you say, hundreds or thousands of zombie movies at this point? Well, hundreds at least. the official count for Mail Order Zombie alone is 346 movies I've reviewed for the show. Uh, most of them are zombie movies. Every once in a while, a movie will get released that the studio will say, it's a zombie movie. Or Netflix will tell me it's a zombie movie, but it's really not. But right. overall, for Mail Order Zombie proper, 346 zombie movies. I will... I'll watch them on my own for fun, but, you know, for the show, at least. <laughs> How many of those has Bran watched with you? <laughs> uh, maybe 15 tops. Oh, my wife, wow. my wow. wife is incredibly patient and supportive, and she loves post-apocalyptic stories. And okay. sometimes I can kind of sneak a zombie movie in because, you know, zombies typically turn into a post-apocalyptic story. But there's no way I'm going to make her sit down and watch Zombie Nation or Mulva Zombie Ass Kicker. I just know better. <laughs> you're a wise man, and that's why you're still married. There you go. Well, of these 300 and how many movies did you say you've reviewed now? <laughs> 346. Okay. One thing I wanted to ask you about, you, you've got a rating system of headshots. Yes, we that's do. Your, uh, for those listeners out there who haven't heard, it's the number of uh, headshots in a one to five scale. Of course, headshot being what, what kills zombies in most in most movies. Um, so of those, you don't have a listing on your website of all the movies and what you've rated. That's something I would really like to see. Is that something that you think maybe at some point you would it even be possible to go back and list them all? Dr. Gang Green is predicting the future right here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, actually, I am working on that. Uh, we, right. I, I have a master list uh, because I have to keep track for myself. You know, I have to watch this one or that one. After 300-plus zombie movies, you know, you can imagine sure. my brain's a little mushy. Uh, so I have to keep track of what I've got. Uh, I am going to be putting a list up on the website. We used to have a wiki set up, but maintaining a wiki and the podcast and the website and everything else just became something I couldn't handle on my own. 
Yeah. It's kind of got away from me, but there will be a master list uh, making its way to mailorderzombie.com soon. All right. Very good. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Derek, man, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for talking with me about zombies and everything. And sure. uh, hey, before I let you go, my podcast here is the purpose of it is to celebrate um, heavy metal and rock and roll horror movies, movies that have a cross in a tie boat. So let me ask you, do you have a favorite movie just off the top of your head that you can think of that would be a horror movie that combines rock and roll or heavy metal elements? You know, I actually reviewed Hard Rock Zombies on the show not too long ago, and I really liked it. I gave it a rating of three headshots out of five. You know, it's right down the middle because, you know, it does. It's a little slow in spots, but I love the hell out of that movie. Probably more than I should. Sometimes when you start putting like the heavy metal and the, and the hard rock in your horror movies, it can get a little, I don't know, same old, same old. But if you approach it with a sense of fun, like Hard Rock Zombies or Zombie Nightmare, then it's a blast. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, once again, Derek, thanks for uh, talking here about um, all your good stuff, and let's stay in touch in the future, man. Hey, can I flip it on you and ask you a question real quick? Of course. So whenever we do an interview on Mail Order Zombie, one of the things that I like to wrap up my interviews with is asking the guest or the person I'm interviewing what they would do if zombies turned up right now. Now, I'm looking at you on Skype. I see you sitting there. You got your, your movie posters behind you and all that. If zombies come into the room right now, what do you do? I hightail it out of the room and grab my family and we head to the countryside as far away from the city as possible because – Big city equals lots of people equals lots of zombies. I'm going into the wilderness. I'm grabbing a tent on my way out, and we're heading out into the woods to get away. <laughs> uh, my weapon of choice is a baseball bat because it go. doesn't run out of ammunition. Don't have to reload. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not telling it the hell out of here and heading to the country. So the Dr. Gangrene weapon of choice in the zombie apocalypse, ladies and gentlemen, baseball bat. Baseball bat. Lightweight aluminum baseball bat. You can't go wrong. There you go.
pair of killer sounds, the men from Spectre with codename Action Woman and Man or Astro Man, Special Agent Conrad Uno. Special Agents Galore as we now go three feet deep with the Special Agents. Off of their album, the only album I could find, Bulletproof Beat, we'll hear Come In Agent 45, Calling All Agents, and Double O Surfing.
Have you noticed the ads on Six Foot Plus as of late? Did you know that it costs these people absolutely nothing to advertise on this podcast? How much would it cost you to advertise? Absolutely nothing. It's a program that allows for some mutual assured promotion. If you want to advertise your product, service, or event on Six Foot Plus, send an email to contact at sixfootplus.com with the subject advertising. You can also check out all the details on the Advertise on Six Foot Plus section of sixfootplus.com. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S dot com. Gentlemen, since you'll be facing an army of bloodthirsty henchmen, we're issuing your team an exclusive license to kill. Your objective is to infiltrate and destroy the enemy's headquarters. Not many men would take this assignment, but I suppose that's why they call you the special agents. Dismissed. GDL 16 recap, recounting all that has gone down over the past few weeks over at Gravedigger's Local 16. Continuing, if not finishing up, the audio-centric month at Gravedigger's Local 16, Weird John put up reviews of 3D Horror Fi, Ghost Dance, and Audio Vile. A great deal of audio stories, audio horror, and audio dramas are reviewed for you. 
atomic mystery monster profiled the Medio Multimedia Project, Midnight Movie Madness, and I put the spotlight on the goods of BannersOnTheCheap.com with positive comments from Dr. Gangrene and Monster Matt Patterson. Plus, to top it all off, Freaky Tiki Surfari returned for 2012. Foreshadowing. Read all of this and more over at GravedigGersLocal.com.
The Spy Who Drugged Me, from Spence P. Jones and featuring Cow Penalty. An excellent tune. In fact, all the music on this episode has been great for either your next cocktail party or your next event where you infiltrate the underground shady organization bent on world domination. Ah, but I've said too much, so I better end this episode of Six Foot Plus. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I'm Strange Jason, curator and one licensed to thrill, kill, and ill. Join the fun over at facebook.com slash sixfootplus, on Twitter at sixfootplus, and as always, online at sixfootplus.com. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S. Keep reading Gravediggers Local 16, found online at gravediggerslocal.com, and join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash gravediggerslocal, and on Twitter at GDL16. I'm now going to drive this Aston Martin out of a plane and land on a beach, all while wearing this tuxedo. While I do this, listen to the Waitiki 7 and Her Majesty's Pearl.
Six Foot Plus, Episode 35, The Spy Who Scared Me. Six Foot Plus is a GDL 16 production. All music, the theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira, Havala Ivan. Urban Graveyard Lounge music provided by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Additional music also by Kava Khan. Monster Matt Patterson appeared as himself. The Metal Morgue was produced by Dr. Gangrene. For track listing and links to all the bands, go to sixfootplus.com. 